We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Light years, uh, Samus Fandiari here. Um, Andy's gone this week because of a personal matter. Uh, so I'm going to be, well, I'm not going to be flying solo. Um, I have Mo Dockhill from the Washington Post and various other fames joining me. But first, I wanted to say thank you to everyone who listened and called in to Light Years Radio on 95.7, the game last Sunday. Andy and I will be on this Saturday night from 7 to 9. Um, if you want to tune in, if you want to call wh- whoever it was who called in telling us about how terrible brawn sexuals are, I would really appreciate it if you called back in. That was one of the highlights. Um, I, 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 d- I didn't really know what it would be like to take live calls on the radio, and that was just one of the greatest ones. Yeah. Uh, but, oh, Mo, wow. Mo, how you doing? yeah. <laughs> I'm good. I'm I'm thrown off by the uh, broad sexuals, and I'm also shocked they gave you a radio show. <laughs> well, we'll see how long we can keep it on the air. We thought we had an FCC violation there, and I thought that would, uh, you know, it'd be a one and done situation. <laughs> I would have just assumed putting you and Andy on on live air would have led to several FCC violations, but uh, um, you know, well, we the, the truth is we were, we were super nervous. Um, and so we were probably tamer. Uh, the real the real violations are going to come like you know in three weeks once we start getting comfortable and stop thinking oh. about everything. <laughs> uh, right. Um, but I'll have I'll have the audio of the the caller thrown at the end of this podcast, and I'll send it to you. Um, but this woman called in. Her name was Robin, and she she was just going off telling us about how she's in social media groups. And there's all these bronze sexuals, and there's nothing worse than bronze sexuals. Always praising LeBron for nothing. 
Well, I mean, is it is 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 a Kobe stand worse than a Braun sexual? I currently have a Kobe stand higher in my respectability ratings, well, um, but it's the same thing. Part of that's what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> part um, of that, you're you're. I spin. mean, I mean, if you were to tell eighteen year old Sam that he would be using Kobe as like a white knight <laughs> to defend the loyalty of basketball, uh, he would. He would um he wouldn't believe it. <laughs> so <laughs> it'd be a problem. He'd have a he'd have an existential crisis. But I do think it's funny because like there's a lot of criticisms of Kobe and like the criticisms of Kobe are more tied to the way in which he was like deified as a player and I, I think that's just sports in general. Like right. we can't we can't really discuss anyone in nuanced terms. They're either literally Jesus or a fraud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but so, um, you know, the Warriors sucking when I was uh, a teen and into my 20s and really up until like seven years ago, <laughs> um, they uh, and and, you know, like the Lakers being who they were up until, you know, Dr. Bus passed away, essentially. Um, right. They you know, it's, it's there's resentment there. Right. So. Um, but I will say Kobe always kind of like you, you could say a lot of things about him, but like general effort level in the way he played would never be a real criticism, you know, now being a good teammate, maybe, maybe a, a criticism, <laughs> um, maybe? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll forget about some of that. I mean, he only ran out one of the five or seven greatest players of all time, but you know, irrespective of that, <laughs> a lot of parallels oh, no, with that no, no, with the Warriors it... right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you guys, you guys are having a lot of fun over there up at San Francisco or Oakland. Well, you guys haven't made the move yet. So let's, um, yeah, actually, let's talk about that because you're, um, you're about my, you're my age, so you remember the the Kobe Shaq stuff, um, right? And I mean, really, I, I, I don't know how anyone can be an NBA fan or person and not remember that stuff in general. I mean, I was I was a Laker fan at that time. That was before I was even in the NBA. So I was a Laker fan. I was a Kobe and Shaq fan. So it it just kind of feels like the Steph KD things going that way. But the the main difference is um, the public contentiousness of Kobe and Shaq is like just it's irrefutable compared to whatever KD's going through right now. Um, you know, I mean we can pull up the quotes, but like they were verbally sparring in the media in the early OOs and like a way, can you imagine if Kobe or Shaq said the stuff they did about each other in 2019 on social media? Oh God, it'd be a disaster. It'd be, I mean, we're, we're having fun with just KD's and even Kyrie's quotes, but if we Which had are a super of- passive, by the way, Oh God, they're so amazing. I yeah. love those quotes. They, they, but that's but that's what I'm saying. They're they're super passive aggressive. Like, I mean, and meanwhile, like the Kobe Shaq stuff, like a lot of things, not passive. No, no, was not passive. It was. I I'm gonna say it was J A Adande, but somebody else can correct me if I'm wrong on it. But it was J A Adande who would say like he would go to to Shaq and 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 get a quote, and then he would just walk right over to Kobe and tell him what Shaq just said and get a quote from Kobe. I mean, it was literally a a fight within the media. I mean, it didn't get any better than that. I mean, these guys would just 
read what the other guy said about him, and then call over a reporter and basically take their shots. I mean, it, 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 it doesn't get better than that for a media member. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, one big difference here is um, there's – so no one would – you know, Kobe's main issue with Shaq, which he'll claim now, which, you know, maybe it's revisionist history, maybe it's not, but, it, you know – he was bothered by the fact that, you know, Shaq didn't work as hard as him. Um, I don't know. Do you, do you buy that was the reason he was always so upset about it? I buy it was part of the reason. I, I, I wouldn't say it was the whole thing. I mean, part of it is, you know, human nature. There's some jealousy, and, and he wanted to be the guy. Like, that was – I mean, we knew it then. You know, he he wanted to be the man. I mean, he, he took those – airballed those threes against the Utah Jazz you know those are shots that he wasn't supposed to take like he wanted to be the man plain and simple so you know he he resented the fact that Shaq had all this gift you know I mean forget about just how how strong he was or whatever I mean for a man 7-1 and as big as he was to be as agile as he was was really something we had never seen in the NBA at that point and I think he was upset that you know, Kobe was, or I'm sorry, that Shaq wasn't taking the his craft serious. You know, and and I think that was part of it. But it, I I don't believe it was the only reason. Yeah, yeah, I'd be with you. I think at the end of the day, he was like, dude, I I'm tired of like being seen as his sidekick. At minimum, yeah, I want to be seen as like on his level. I want it to be like Kobe is the man, also, if not just the man. And it's no different than really Kyrie wanting to leave the Cavs to to right. to be to, to get away from the LeBron shadow. I mean, you know, let's let's be honest. If Kobe never won a championship, say Shaq and Kobe won five championships, if Kobe only won one Finals MVP out of those five, we would always talk about. Well, he wouldn't have done it without Shaq or whatever. You know, it was really Shaq that won those. He'd be, he'd be viewed like Scottie Pippen. Yeah, and, 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 and so you understand it. I mean, to the to the degree of which that's how Kyrie's viewed right now. Um, yeah. y- y- you know, and so you understand it for those guys who have the – listen, Kobe is ambitious as it gets. I mean, he's yeah. probably a, a Shakespeare character, right? Like, you know, he's so ambitious. It's the actual tragedy that that's, right. it really is what holds him back. And I think that's kind of uh, – first off, be impressed that I pulled some Shakespeare reference on Light Years. I'm big time like that. Um, <laughs> but, you know, but like there's that attitude of that. You know, he he knew if he's going to be this great, it had to be – he had to be the man. And that's – I kind of think that's sort of what really was the the heart of the, the demise between these two guys. And it's really something we see with every team. Uh, Kevin Garnett and Stephon Marbury, you know? Yeah, um, that's that's a famous one. Um, I was going to say, I want to tie that into Steph and KD because mm-hmm. when, I see, when I see Steph and KD, um, there's obviously differences, but I see so much of the similarity where Steph is the Shaq, the one that the local media just loves, the one that is seen as like the centerpiece of the team, which is how Shaq was viewed in the early OOs relative to Kobe. Yes. Um, Absolutely. And I mean, there's, there's a difference between the difference. Obviously Katie came into a team, whereas Kobe was drafted. 
and was kind of viewed as a little brother. It was is a different dynamic in that regard. But I right. do think it irks KD that people do not think he is outright better than Steph. Um, yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say that there's a lot of that similar dynamic where um, he said yesterday he gets all he, he gets passive aggressive like, oh, you're still talking about me coming to the Warriors. Oh, you know, this like th- this stuff where he purposely makes himself an outsider where, you know, you can say what you want. Like there's always a, a dynamic like it's just not going to be the same. He wasn't there for the rise the way that Draymond and Clay were, for example. Um, right. But he he's purposely making himself an outsider in a way that I would quite frankly describe like Kobe's personality around that team as well. Yeah, no, I think he's kind of doing exactly that. And I think that's a great way of putting it is, you know, he is pushing himself to be the outsider. I mean, his whole thing yesterday, the question wasn't even about him. It was about Ron Adams. Right. I mean, it, you know, I mean, he just kind of took it however he wanted to take it. But it's, you know, I'm just going to be honest. It's just getting annoying at this point with KD. Um, almost trying to create these false narratives uh, of, of you know, the media's expectations or, or uh, right. opinions of him. You know, it's just kind of like, dude, nobody cares. Um, well, I do wonder you know, if the Kobe Shaq stuff would be covered in those terms today, too. Um, I think it would be pushed into hope into overdrive today, like just because of the right. way social media works that, I mean, Kobe, Kobe was kind of, he got some heat for running Shaq out of town in 2003 or 2000, sorry, 2004. Um, right. imagine if it happened today, he'd be outright booed and like, it'd just be, it'd be very bad. But, you know, see, the thing was, you know, as, as a guy who was a Laker fan in LA at the time, it wasn't that bad when he ran Shaq out of town because everybody kind of was like, no, no, you take you pick Kobe over Shaq. Like, right. Every, everybody kind of had agreed to that. I think when it got really bad was when he demanded the trade. Right. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because like, we sided like, with you and you want out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yo, this is what you asked for. You wanted to be the man, and now you're crying about not having enough around you. You just had Shaq uh, two years ago. Like, what? You know, you're you're killing us here. And I think that's kind of really when things for for Kobe kind of got bad um, in that regard. And also, don't forget that the the Laker organization really stood by him during the the court trial. Um, he went through and everything. So I think it was really kind of like that's how you treat our loyalty. You know, with KD, it's an interesting thing because you you brought it up, you know, not too long ago, but just the whole thing of like Steph, Clay, um, Draymond. Uh, Draymond, you know, uh, all, all those guys were there from the beginning. You know, they're homegrown guys. So there's there is that natural tendency of like these are our guys within the the organization and the fan base. You know, we – we see it when teams value your, their young guys so much where we're like, yo, they're not that good. Um, but we see it because they're homegrown. You have that attachment. So KD kind of coming in, you know, I had this conversation with a friend of mine the other day. I go, look, they were already a, a great team before KD got there. He, he put them to another level. But, you know, there's, I, I, I can see why there's a fans, you know, have that sort of issue with with kind of, 
saying like, yo, he's, he's one of us. Cause he's not, he was grown and became an adult through Oklahoma city and, and, you know, um, developed there really. And then just kind of came in as a finished product. Like he has a feel of a mercenary, which is why, you know, he, you know, talent wise and everything, you know, you, you, the arguments there that he's better than Steph, but like, I mean, the arguments there is the best, he's the best player in the league. He's the most talented player. You know? Yeah, there's no question. You know, I mean, he's a seven foot two guard. I mean, you know, or three yeah. or whatever you want to say. You know, it's those things. It's 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 no real argument. But the fan base is always going to side with Steph. You know, just because that's their guy. That's 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 their kid, basically. You know, yeah. you know, and and he has he's a very the one who started. He started to, it all. Yeah, you know, and and. You know what? KD wouldn't have wanted to come here if it wasn't for Steph, Clay, and Draymond. You know, it's it's that simple. So it's kind of a weird thing. He thought he would it and this is obviously my assumption, you know, but it felt like he thought he'd come here and I'm gonna get all the love these guys are getting and it's like, yo, you're not really because you're not one of them. You I know, think he uh, thought I think he thought he'd get the LeBron treatment where like Steph would fall into that Kyrie role and that sort of thing, um, which is kind of underselling how Warrior fans felt about their, their players, one. Um, two, undersells the just a unique relationship LeBron has with Cleveland, right? And, right. And more than anything, like it just set him up for – I mean, would he have come to the Warriors if he if – he, knew he wasn't going to get that reaction in his mind that he wanted. I don't know. You 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 never know going back to it, right? But it does feel like he kind of expected things. He expected more um adoration among the fans like cuz one one thing that gets misrepresented is warrior fans don't like him. Warrior fans love him. What what fan base wouldn't right. love to have Kevin Durant on their team? He's an amazing player. He probably one of the 10 best players of all time. I mean, he's, he's absurdly talented. Um, but it doesn't change the emotional connection. Like fans don't just love players based on who's the best. Like there's, there's an emotional connect connection. And like Steph's just that guy. He's the most relevant player to the franchise's history, essentially. Like it's, it's no different than like, I guess, you know, LeBron was better than Wade in Miami. Right. Doesn't matter. But still Wade's team. Still, Wade, Wade's still, Wade's their guy. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, it's Wade County. I mean, it's it's not. It doesn't matter, right? Exactly as you said. It, it it's one of those things where it's like this is this is this is like it's your son. You know, this is your kid. This is you know, yeah, the yeah. other kid's better, but this is my kid, and you're here because my kid made this happen. And and that's you know, where you're better. And then it gets funnier where like the margin between the two of them is probably closer than Katie wants to admit. And but they're just such different players, you know. Like I don't, I don't yeah. even know how you discern that. I, I get like people who value individual talent and one on one ability are always going to side with KD because he's just like a blank canvas to do stuff that like I mean he might he's he's a seven he's a seven foot shooting guard as he said like <laughs> those don't grow on trees. <laughs> so it's absurd. It yeah. doesn't make sense. <laughs> I mean it's it's. it's we can't even recreate him. I mean, we tried with Brandon Ingram. I mean, it's like you can't yeah. recreate this. Um, it's it's just one of those things. Like, it's it's hard. I gotta imagine it's hard for KD in that sense because yeah, he 
like you said, he thought he was going to come in and get the LeBron treatment, get the Steph treatment, you know? Yeah. He thought everybody was going to treat him the same. And it's like, dude, like, th- that's the difference is this is a guy, you Warriors fans stuck with Steph through ankle injuries. He got given a contract extension, which he, the Warriors were, were, were criticized for the contract extension at the time because nobody thought he'd ever be healthy with his ankles and everything like that. So, you know, you you really got to see this kid go from real struggles to, to push through and become, I mean, before KD got there, those two MVPs in that last one, I mean, he was an unstoppable force that year. It was just, it was a, it was a video game. You would watch him and you're just like, this, this, this doesn't make sense. Um, and doing stuff on the court and nobody ever really saw. I mean, nobody, I mean, him pulling up from half court was as good as somebody else pulling up for just a regular three. I'll, I'll just say this. The reason he doesn't have a finals MVP is because media members couldn't really contextualize what they saw in the 2015 finals. I will take that to my grave. I mean, it's not like Iguodala was bad. Iguodala was amazing. He was the second best warrior in that series, but he was still the second best warrior. Right. You know, I mean, I mean, for me, anyway, if I had a vote, you'll hate me for this. I would have voted LeBron. That's fine, though. Um, huh. I just I hated the idea that anyone else on the Warriors could possibly be voted finals MVP when Steph averaged 10 more. Like, dude, they were trapping him at half court. And right. like, when the Warriors essentially figured out, let's let's just space more. Let's take a big out. Let's go. Let's go small. And when they trap like that, they just can't guard us, you know? I- that's literally right. all it was. And, Iguodala got credit for Kerr realizing he had to make a coaching adjustment. Adjustment, sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. And the other thing about Curry and and, and KD to kind of bring it back to that a little bit is, you know, Curry just handles himself better. However you right. want to, however you want to say or, or or feel about it, I have, you know, besides KD annoying me with some of his comments, you know, Curry's just plain vanilla. You know, you, you you rarely walk away from an interview with Curry going like, oh, this is going to be a hell of a quote. I'm sure, you know. Uh, no, Katie's, he, Katie's doing more for the media than Steph. That's the irony. He hates them and they love him. <laughs> right. He's, he's a quote every time. He's a quote. Dude asked him a question about Ron Adams and he turns it into himself. This is the perfect quote for I mean, this is a dream come true. You know, Ethan Strauss is probably salivating at these things, you know, and all these guys, they know they're going to get a quote out of this. I mean, maybe not Ethan after the whole, after that whole, that, that press conference. Right. But just that sense of like Curry, but you know, but Curry gets it. He doesn't give you a lot of crazy answers. He doesn't go, you know, you, you, you'd be shocked if you heard some of the stuff, you know, if you heard anything half as bad as, as KD has said out of Curry's mouth, you'd be shocked. But it, you know what? He just handles himself so, he, I mean, so he's, well. He's, he's borderline like Derek Jeter with the the non-quote. Yes. And like it just kind of building. Like, I mean, he's boring. There's no way around it. But it's just kind of also I'm sure he isn't growing gray hairs at, at, as at rapid a rate as uh, KD is because he doesn't he doesn't bring it on himself in those situations. <laughs> Just makes it easy for himself. I, I I can only wonder. I've never been at the uh, the the war. I've never been up at the Warriors game for the press conferences or anything like that afterwards. But I wonder if there's even half as many reporters hanging around Curry as they are KD. And it's not because whatever they think KD's better or anything like that. 
Katie's a better quote. <laughs> He's yeah. going to give you something. Curry's not going to give you anything, and reporters are going to hang by it. You know, and I think that's something that's that's a bit different too. You know, and and in that regard, for for fans, like fans, got to be tired of of KD at this point with with this very passive aggressive thing. I don't know about you. I can't stand passive aggressive attitudes. Drives me insane. Like either tell me what's going on or don't. And it's also no, I'm not going to say that. Um, but the uh... <laughs> it is an, it it is annoying. Um, there are days where I'm like, I want to disconnect and be nowhere around this. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, he's I mean he's generationally gifted. I really don't think like in general the greater basketball community like acknowledges how truly great a player he is. Um, and from, from the warrior perspective, I know the Warriors are kind of like, I mean, we can't just replace him. We can't just like, if he walks, like we could probably convince Rudy Gay to take a mid-level exception and leave like a couple dollars on the table from what he could get on the market. But that's not the same. (laughs) No. And, 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 And I think that's the hardest thing about it is like, Katie, you said it. Katie's probably a ten, top ten all time guy. You know, he's he's absurdly talented. He's the best player in the league right now. You know, he can get whatever shot he wants to get Your off. Your biggest criticism off. of him is you feel like he can do more. That's literally the biggest criticism of him. You know, it's like we see these explosions where he's like doing Herculean effort stuff, like when Steph's out, for example. And that's the biggest criticism people want. Like he can score thirty, get seven, eight assists, and ten rebounds, and people are like, "Yeah, but he didn't really try." Right, and that we, just kind of speaks we, to like how high his talent is thought of. Right, I mean, he's just he's he. For, I mean, he he makes it look effortless. Yes, you know, and 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 that's the thing. Like we 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 look at it and we're like, oh. It's not that hard for him. I'm like, well, that's pretty hard. But like, you know, but <laughs> but but the way it looks, like I get it too. It's like, man, that's just smooth. That looks so easy right. for him, you know. And 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 I think that's kind of the thing that maybe people don't understand when they're when they're watching him. It's like, you know, making it look effortless is why it's so hard. Yes. You know, like that's hard to do. Um, and, 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 and forget about just being able to do that, but doing it and making you think that's easy and thinking you can go to the gym tomorrow and hit that fade away. It's, 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 that's, that's a real skill in itself. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I, you can have that five foot six guy on you and feel really good about yourself. You're still not going to hit it at the same rate. Katie does. No, not even close. All right, it's ad read time. Life can be stressful, but getting life insurance shouldn't be. That's why there's Ethos. Ethos is a, is a modern kind of life insurance that's super fast, incredibly affordable, and very uncomplicated. At getethos.com, there are no medical exams for policies covering under a million dollars. No hours of paperwork or meetings with pushy representatives. It only takes 10 minutes to apply, and you can be rest assured knowing you've taken steps to protect your family. And in most cases with Ethos, you can have that peace of mind for less than a cup of coffee a day with no hidden fees. Having life insurance can free you from stress. From stress, getting life insurance should not cause it. Discover how uncomplicated life insurance can be at Ethos. Get your free instant quote and submit your complete application in minutes. Just go to getethos.com. If you don't know how to spell it like Sam, 
That's E-T-H-O-S, getethos.com. And the code is SMET-STRESS-FREE. S-M-T-E STRESS-FREE. Um, so let's transition this. Um, the Warriors um, had their worst loss of the year to the Celtics last night. Um, I was calling that one before the game just because Boston Boston was due to – they're not as bad as they've been playing, right? They um, needed that. They, they needed, needed that, that, and the Warriors were definitely like big win in Philly, first game back. It just had all the trap game makings, especially with Clay not playing. Um, now I didn't think it'd be that bad, but, um, but it definitely <laughs> had the um, it had the you know like I I was thinking Boston would end up winning, like Boston wins by eight at the end in in Oracle that type of thing. Not you know Gordon Hayward turns into Kevin Durant and just you know hits every shot, <laughs> right. Um, but this has been a running theme for the Warriors now. Um, terrible starts to games and just can't stop anyone on defense. So first I want to ask, just what are you seeing? Well, some of it, and, and, and we saw a lot of it last night was, you know, the hunting of cousins, right? You know, here's a guy, big guy coming off an Achilles. We've, we've, I think Tom Haverstrow had the that article last year about like we've never seen a guy his size, his age come back from this injury and be, you know, kind of back to normal. Right. And I think we're 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 seeing it. he's having a hard time with lateral movement and it's not like he was fleet of foot to begin with. Yeah, he had a hard time with a pre injury. Um, yeah. And so it's not like so 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 I think that's something like it and I, they and really just, and I do just wanna throw in like we all feel bad from the standpoint of like, you know, I mean, watching a guy who's injured, but it is what it is too. Right. Like if I'm yeah. an opposing coach, you know, for all the Steph's liability team's been hunting Steph for years and not getting anything out of it really, you know, um, other, yeah. other than if they're hot on the fadeaway because Steph can't contest a step back really. Um, but Boogie, it's another level of like, I mean, I don't, I, here, here's my better, here's my question for you. Is there anything they can do other than bench him? Like, is there any recipe for making this better? Like Draymond can cover some stuff, but he can't guard two people at once. Well, I mean, on a good team anyway. I mean, two years ago, he probably could, but yes, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, no, you know, it, it it's just heading to that. You know, he's going to be the guy you play in certain matchups, and that's fine. Um, you know, it sucks for him, obviously, right? Like, contract year, whole thing, um, and, and, and he's hoping for a big payday this summer, but it's it's just at this point, it's maybe you don't have to bench him, but it's one of those things where you're going to look at the matchups and go, nope, this isn't a good matchup for you. You know this this yeah, style. Of- I, I can almost guarantee they're not they're not benching him the, the rest of the regular season because what does it really matter, right? Like they need yeah. to use all this time to see what they can get him to. But right. Houston, Houston in the playoffs might be a different story. No, absolutely, and 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 you wouldn't. It's easier in the regular season to do all this, and there's there's advantages to it just beyond just trying to see what you get in Boogie, but also getting him in in. in more minutes and more playing shape and more opportunities, just hoping that you can get him to a level where it's like, okay, we can play him a couple more minutes 
than than we were before. You know, I trust him for a little longer when we get to the playoffs. But like you said, I mean, when we get to the the playoffs, are we really going to go away from the death lineup? Are we really going to not be playing Iguodala, KD, Draymond, Steph, and Clay if everybody's healthy? I mean, Kerr, like, Kerr's already using. He's doing it already right now in the regular season. I mean, he's not giving Boogie closeout lineups, one, because, well, it's not their best lineup. I think, two, he just doesn't want to win a few games with it and then, like, right. deal with, you know, okay, so you beat the um, Lakers and Suns with Boogie at the end of a game or something like that. Like, now there's the expectation yeah. he closes. Right, and then and then it becomes a story too, right? Because right. then we we harp on it. Well, like, what lineup do you go to down the stretch? You know, it, I could see it maybe if it's a situation where you're playing Philly in the finals, and you need somebody to be able to take him, and Embiid's killing Draymond for whatever reason. You know, maybe that's something. Um, but again, that's kind of a situational thing. Whereas I just think at the end of the games in the playoffs, he's and like you said, he's not even in the lineups now. Um, he's, he's not going to close games. So I think he's going to be kind of used as a tool in the playoffs of like, this is when we could play boogie. This is when he's going to really help us. These series, he can't play, you know? And, and, and I think that's unfortunate for him, but that's something we all expected from the beginning of the year. Right. Like, I don't, I don't know how many of us really thought, like, I thought, I, I thought he'd have a bigger impact in the regular season in the playoffs. I thought he gives the Warriors another another ability to play a little bit differently. Have a guy to throw it into the post. Have a guy to throw it into the the elbow who can who can make a little more stuff happen. Um, but I don't think you know. But I never thought it was going to be like yo. This is going to be a big part of their offense. You know, I was just like this is just going to be a nice little thing they can go to for a couple minutes here and there. So I'm not too surprised by it. I mean, I feel bad for him, but at the same time playoffs you got to win these games regular season you're fine with that you know and anybody that's panicked over yesterday's game like y'all need to relax yeah i mean i i personally think he's going to be back next year this is just me theorizing i really don't think he's going to have the big offers on the table um it's really hard it's hard for me to see um, how this gets better for him. He's going to have a few games where he just explodes offensively because he's that gifted, right? But like right. the nature of it is he's going to have some playoff games which are going to have some people really rethinking value. And more than anything, man, taking a flyer on him on a mid-level, fine. You know, investing right. franchise dollars into him when he looked like a problem on a team with four other all-stars. And by problem, I mean just like defensive liability, not like, on the court. Yes. Yeah. 100% on the court. On the like, court. If he can't stand out in that situation, how's he going to look as your primary guy? Like that's how a GM gets fired. Yeah. The only, the only thing that I'd say that the only way I would fight against that is just like, there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to have a lot of money that are going to strike out, you know, Right. Um, it only takes the, one. It only takes one team. To Lakers only. are going to be under a lot of pressure to bring in a name, you know, and and maybe they're smart and they don't because I would think that'd be a big mistake if they give Boogie a huge, you know, multi-year deal um, to to after you know they strike out on a bunch of guys. I think that'd be a huge mistake, but it's something I could see them doing. 
And, right. and desperation like brings out a lot in people. Yeah, and I just and, and I mean that's the reason why four years ago we saw some of the contracts we saw. So I, I as much as we want to think owners have learned, not all of them have learned. Yeah, I don't know. So you, I mean, you're right. It's there's probably going to be one team, but I still kind of think there's a good chance he'll be back with the Warriors, especially if KD ends up leaving like we kind of all expect him to. And I don't really know what that's going to look like. Um, it's I, not really the I, direction I'd want the Warriors to pivot into in a post-KD era, but um, it's not like they have many choices. But I wouldn't mind him on another one-year mid-level deal because I think we'll get a better Cousins in the second year coming back from the Achilles. Like there's a still, like his body is still figuring this whole thing out. You right. know, once 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 you blow out that Achilles, it's the whole thing. You know, it's. It, it's nice he's on the court and whatever, but I, I really think it's like a two-year thing. You know, I think it's the kind of thing where it takes a while for your body to to really reacclimate itself to how it's got to work, and you got to have that understanding of it. And I think it it takes a while, so it's it it wouldn't shock me if he did come back and was better. But again, he was never great defensively. It's not like his his lateral movement's going to improve that much um, to the point that like. Boogie Cousins at his regular pre Achilles still wasn't a great defender and wasn't quick laterally. So it's not like no. it's not like the movie The Rookie or whatever, where all of a sudden he's throwing ninety miles per hour faster or running much faster in his older age. Yeah, I don't know if that made any sense. I I don't know. No, I got it. Um, so I want to take a couple questions. Actually, I just want to take one question, then we'll get out of here. Um, from Kyle Madsen, friend of the show. Um, hey, Sean and Anthony. Very, very creative. Um, first, <laughs> first time, long time. Will the return of Andrew Bogut? Uh, can we also anticipate the return of Jared Jack? Um, <laughs> I'll take my answer off air. Um, so I want to touch on this, and then I want you to go into some Bogut stories. <laughs> what I was going to say is, like, I didn't realize how excited I'd be for Bogut to return, uh, but I'm, I'm pretty excited. Um, Nostalgia is a funny thing. Um, when, when he left the Warriors, I was like, yeah, for the better, he'd been declining for a minute. And like, well, one, they got KD. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Any, yeah. That's, I don't know that anyone has an issue making that trade. Right. But, um, to, uh, you know, he'd just become less and less like when Bogut was right, he was still really good, but he just wasn't right on a very regular basis. Um, Coming back, you know, he won Australian League MVP. Not going to pretend I watched in the Australian League this year. <laughs> You're missing out, Andy. <laughs> uh, Andy, sorry. wow, Sam, wow. Yeah, wow. <laughs> but what I was going to say is um, maybe, I mean, look, he he's still one of the smarter players. He's, he was objectively a really good player in his day. Um, I think he can give the Warriors 10 to 15 good minutes a game. Where do you stand? Yeah, I mean, I, I there's a couple of things that I like about it. You know, I, I I'm not all that thrilled about the MVP. You know, but I was kind of like, well, defensive player of the year is still pretty good. Um, and that's kind of what Bogut was. You know, just I'm gonna like I'm gonna read the stats to you. Average 12 points, 12 rebounds, and three blocks a game in like 28 minutes, which sounds like pretty much a peak Bogut line. I mean, this is, this is, this, if you got half of that from Bogut, yeah. you'd be right. Like, you'd be like, yeah, that's great. That's, that's exactly what we'd want. 
you know, um, the, the thing, like, I honestly think as much as we talk about Draymond suspension and everything like that, if Bogut doesn't get injured, I think you win that finals. You know, I think that kind of goes under the radar a lot because of Bogut's, uh, excuse me, Draymond's suspension and everything like you that. Mean I because think you, of LeBron's narrative writing. Yeah. I mean, all that. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to take those shots. I'm going to hang out. Um, <laughs> but, but I think, you know, Bogut's injury, I you know, he left, I think it was game five. It was game five. Game I can actually, I'll paint the scenario for you. Um, the Warriors were losing, but it was like a five-point game. Um, Kyrie scored something like 20 points from the moment Bogut got hurt, which was three minutes left in the third quarter, so pretty much end of the third. Um, it basically became a layup line because no Draymond and no Bogut. I think the Warriors at one point tried Barnes at center because they were, you know, they used a little Azealian, Anderson, Varejao. That didn't work. We know that didn't work. Right. But basically, like, I mean, you could give two two amazing attacking the rim players, just no one at the rim there. Like, you know how that's going. Yeah, I mean, that's a problem. And I think, you know, and, and that's I think that's a big thing for him. I think the other thing is he has institutional knowledge. He knows most of the guys. I think, you know, he, he Warriors aren't running anything different. Like, it's an easy, easy plug-and-play. So I, I, I really like it for them. I think it was a good move. I don't know how much he'll play, um, you know, but it's, again, also covers for a lot of injuries. It's, you know, yeah, you, that that's the big thing. I, I, I was sitting here going, man, I mean, as much as Boogie's struggling, he's still huge. He can still at least box out and like, you know, contend for rebounds if the Warriors have to play, let's say, OKC and deal with Steven Adams or Rudy Gobert, you know? those type of things right. like imagine just having Looney and Jordan bell for those matchups. Like that's a nightmare. Yeah. And, 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 and it's good to have that, you know, having Bogut in your back pocket in that situation or when you're like, Hey man, we got a bench boogie. Well, at least you can put, if you don't want to go with your small line, if you can go Bogut for a while, you know, or if Draymond or somebody's in foul trouble and you're not comfortable playing boogie. I think there's it, it kind of just helps sort of alleviate a little little pressure from uh, from Boogie and and and, and from Kerr kind of gives him a little more relief of like this is a guy I can trust and more importantly again because of past history there's a comfort level with him where like you know we we, we pretty much know what Bogie can do so I think there's you know they they might have to reacquaint themselves here a little bit in the regular season just kind of making sure he's back to where he is and, and, and whatnot. But, you know, I, I, I still think it was, a, it was a really good pickup for them. It, he would do much better for them than he would had he went and signed with the Sixers, for, you know, because he'd have to learn a whole new system, right. have to, a whole new defense and things like that. And there's just not enough time. You know, 18, 17 games, like there's just – that's not enough because you're not going to have enough practices in between. So I think, you know – that that kind of gave the Warriors the edge to sign him. It makes sense versus you know signing somebody brand new. And it's going to bring back a bunch of pre KD nostalgia, which is just going to really upset KD too. So just expect that. That's that's an under I mean, just, the radar just, theme. 
So what you're saying is like the next press conference when somebody asks about Bogut, he's just going to bring up, we're still talking about me coming here. Yes. <laughs> like, is, that, is that what's going to happen, Sam? Like, is that what we're going to get? I mean, it's it's hard to say. They, you know, it, it, these things seem to just keep popping up. I don't know how else to put it. I got a question for you. Because and, and, I've, I've heard it on the, the, the radio. Our guy, George Sedano, has, has, has said it a couple of times here. If is there any way in which KD stays with the situation? Because I think he's gone. I think he's halfway out the door already. You and everyone else. It, yeah, pretty much right. <laughs> you're not, yeah, real, real. You're not. You're not on a branch by yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's kind of the mo play, right? Everybody's on that branch. I'll go there. Um, <laughs> but the the my question for you is: Is there any scenario in which the idea of like Hey, we can do stuff that the Bulls have never done. If I stay, you know, and and, and, and continue this run with with the guys, is that something you think that's really in play? You think that's something that KD looks at and goes like, "Hey, man, we could be on that that Bulls dynasty level," or do you think he's just like, "Yo, I got I got to get out of here." Do I think it could happen? Yes. Would I give it a fifty percent chance? No. I mean, I, I would. I would say he's like 75% out the door, which is to say a very good chance he's out the door. Most, most likely if you ask me to put money on it, but I, there is a chance he could return. I mean, I do think winning is the, you know, the ultimate cologne, you know, that type of thing. Um, maybe, maybe it changes. Maybe something, you know, something happens in the playoffs that gives him, a different feeling. I mean, these are all possible. Um, I, so I wouldn't be shocked. Um, I just don't think it's likely. I, I He seems to be so kind of influenced by feeling from the outside that like maybe if they had a hard-fought series in the finals um, and he was the real catalyst to winning it and he got some of that praise he wanted, maybe he would be like, you know what, I was silly for thinking all that, and I need to stay with this team because we have a chance to do something, you know, to reach immortality. Um, I think it's possible. Well, I just look at it because I, I, I think he's gone. I think that I, I, I mean, that's I don't the think, smart money right now. Yeah, I, but I don't think he's looking at it that way. I think for him, it's, I think it's him looking at it the way Kobe was looking at it with the. With Shaq and but the, this is but you know the the Kobe thing got easier when they I mean the the 2004 finals is was an epic meltdown right right um it's a lot harder if you end the season winning you winning know? It, right um and I right. think every team they I mean theoretically they can they can take any team in four to five games but. Given kind of the emotional roller coaster they're on, I would not be surprised if they went six six plus games versus some of the better East teams, just because those teams are a little more together than them. Um, so there is a chance that like that emotional roller coaster, you know, kind of sways emotions. He's nothing if not an emotional guy, um, right? You know, if this was just a business decision about racking up rings, you know. Well, he'd be as laid back as Clay Thompson is right now. None of this drama would exist, right? 
I mean, nobody's as laid back as Clay Thompson. Yeah, ever. I mean, that's an unrealistic expectation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that 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 one's not. I mean, if, if if they are, that's a problem. If there's two people in the world that laid back, I'm worried. Yeah, I don't know how how would I feel about five Clay Thompsons. On the one hand, the one thing that I don't think Clay gets enough credit for is just how much of just kind of a gamer he is. Like the dude. Oh, he's a better. Yeah, I mean he he has serious heart. Like he, the the thing that always stuck out to me most in the infamous uh, or the famous 2006 uh, game six in OKC where he got you know hot at the end and ultimately won the game for the Warriors. That wasn't what stood out to me. What stood out for me was just how dogged he was defensively down to every last possession. Like there was zero quit in him. Like, and actually I would take it far even to when they lost to the Cavs in game seven, the Warriors made a ton of mistakes, but at no point was like quit any of them. I can't say that for other teams. I've seen lose series where you can see guys get mentally broken. Right. I mean, I, I love clay in the sense of just, I love the, the, like you said, just kind of the competitiveness of it, and it's and it's and it's fun to see because he is so laid back in every other setting. And then you put the ball in his hands, or you put the you put him defending the ball, and it's just you can see it. He's like, "Yo, I'm, I'm taking this personally," and I loved it. You know, I, I I loved him getting into it with Zach Collins in the Portland game a while back. Yeah, that was so funny. <laughs> that was that was great, and I loved seeing Zach Collins go at him. I mean, it was funny because it was kind of like, Hey, who are you? But, um, but I also think it was, it was fun to see the two of them going back and forth. Cause you don't, we don't see that a lot. from yeah. Clay. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, like last night seeing Marcus smart and Terry Rozier and boogie get into it. You're like, yeah, that sounds about right. But if, if I was to sell you on a clay, a clay Collins fight, you'd be like, yeah, I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> did not see those two coming at all. Definitely, I'm surprised Boogie only got in the fight with three of those guys. Like I, you know, I would have expected half the team and Stevens. Right. Uh, you, you, you know, I, I would have expected more of that stuff. Uh, but with, like you said, with Clay, you just kind of don't expect it. So when you see it, it's a lot more fun. But I think you're right. People don't understand how competitive and how much fire he has. You know, when when he plays on both ends of the court. I mean, we. We don't have a guy that deadly of a shooter that can defend the way he can. I mean, he, if he, I mean, he could win a defensive player of the year. Like he has the talent to do it. Um, whether he ever will or even come close is a different story. But like he has that talent. Like that's how good of a defender he is one on one. Yeah, and um, I think it's the will thing that always gets me with him. Like he he never gets broken. Like he'll miss shots. He'll have games where he can't hit a shot. You know, like everyone will. Um, but, like, you don't see Clay do the shoulder slumped, uh, I just want to get out of here thing. Like, he, right. he, he's he got heart when he plays. And that, or like, he just doesn't he, – he doesn't have a quit. And that's, um, that's an underrated quality because you can see some great players. Um, I'm not going to name guys, but, like, guys who just in certain matchups, like, when things don't go their way – We'll do that, like, man. You know, let's just get through this game to the to the right. next one. Six more minutes, and then and then and then it's over, and then I can get you know showered up and start thinking about the next one. Right, 
Clay, Clay's on a on a different level, and and being mentally strong, you kind of have to be for right. going through. Like this is here's the other thing, and and I know we're 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 running out of time here, but just here's the other thing about the Warriors' run, and and really any of these teams that go on these long runs, it's mentally and physically exhausting. Not one season, but doing it for four or five straight years, it's freaking tiring. Like it takes everything out of you, you know. So it's it's impressive for the the team as a whole to be as strong as they are, you know. And and you are going to have nights like last night where it, where it gets out of hand and, and and things like that. But overall, you know, it's like no, this it, most teams that could break them that kind of game. Your guys are going to be fine. Like it's like, you know, like I, I I just wasn't even worried about it, you know. I, I, I think I turned it off after the third, just going like, eh, all right, this thing's over. Warriors are going to be fine. You know, somebody texted me in the basketball chat. Oh, you know, the the Warriors, you know, I'm like, man, the Warriors are going to be fine. Like, this is just, this is what they do. Um, and they're strong enough mentally to be able to handle this, which I don't think a lot of teams are. You know, I think if Milwaukee has a really bad loss, a blowout loss going into the playoffs, it's going to mess with them a little bit, you know, and, it, and and it's not a shot on them. It's just, that's just how impressive the Warriors are. You know, they're and just they haven't men- been there before. Right. And, but even if they haven't, just in general, this team, I mean, it, I, the mental toughness, not just the clay, but of Steph and obviously of Draymond, you know, before KD even got there, was, you know, it, it, very strong. Like we knew this was, we always knew this was a mentally tough team. Um, and I think, you know, it, it, they don't get enough credit for that part of it. I think we just look at the their offense, the shoot, and we look at Dur- Draymond's defense and, and, and his basketball IQ. But I don't think they get enough credit for just how incredibly tough the team is. Yeah. I mean, I think this is as good a point as any to end it. Um, so we'll check in during the playoffs. I'm going to get you on when the Warriors throw up on themselves a little bit and KD put some quotes and people think that they're going through some sort of Kardashian like meltdown um, right <laughs> it's inevitable alright Mo I appreciate you coming on uh, thank you Sam man I always appreciate you having me